feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And this is breaking news coming to you from the Rita Cosby Show. At this hour, there continues to be airstrikes around the main city of Kiev there in Ukraine. That as the country's forces and citizens are trying to hold back the Russians. And boy, are things getting brutal. Um, In the last day or so, we have gotten reports now that the Russians have targeted, this is now the 18th hospital. This was a maternity hospital. And some of the images that have been all over the news are incredibly graphic. They are incredibly moving. And we have to ask tonight, what should we do? Are we going to sit back as they are brutalizing the Ukrainian people? And at this time, right now, the latest hospital that got leveled And if you look at it, it is literally leveled to the ground. It's a pile of rubble. And they are now looking for bodies of mothers and children in the rubble there in Ukraine, in the port city of Mariupol. And Mariupol has about 400,000 people in the city. It has been now about a week to 10 days where there has been no food, no water, no phones, no electricity, no Internet. The Russians have cut off Everything, and they are trying to demoralize and starve those people. The people that tried to flee, remember when they had that sort of fake convoy for them to leave? Well, then they found there were mines on the route, or the end of the route was going to Russia or Belarus, which was certainly not freedom for these people. What do we do with the fact that the Russians are now brutalizing the Ukrainians? This is well beyond the Norman course of warfare. Warfare is always ugly, but when you're looking at what's happening now with the Ukrainians, it is brutal, it is vicious, it is barbaric, and this is par for the course for, you you know, the Russians. If you look at the history, you look at what they did in Grozny, where they killed thousands of people. You look at what they did in Syria and Aleppo in 2015 and 2016. They killed tens of thousands of people. And even just looking at the images today, everybody, my heart broke and I was angry. And I thought, what can we do? Do we need to step up now? And is it time for us to supply planes for maybe that route? Remember, Poland had offered their MiG jets and said, hey, we'll bring them to Ramstein Air Force Base. And then the Ukrainians can get them or the Americans can deliver them to Ukraine. And then the Ukrainian pilots can fly them. Is it time for America and the world to step in. Because if you listen to who we're going to have on in just about 20 minutes or so now here on the Rita Cosby Show, one of the great generals out there, General Jack Keane, Senior Strategic Analyst on Fox News. I have known Jack Keane probably 15, 20 years. He has always been spot on with his military assessments. He is the head of the Institute for Study of War. They are predicting that possibly they believe by strong influence that Kiev, the capital city, is going to have a massive attack against us within the next 24 to 96 hours. So are we going to sit back as the world, as the leader of the free world, 
and just let it happen? Should we right now and not wait until after all these people are slaughtered by the Russians and then say, gosh, maybe we should give them maybe a plane? Should we wait? Don't you think that Putin is already crossing the line? It's a hard decision and it's a hard question. But I want to hear from you tonight because it is getting really ugly on the ground there. And I'm wondering if now is the time rather than wait before it is too late for the Ukrainian people. I'm definitely going to be asking that of General Jack Keane. You do not want to miss that. Uh, One of the great military analysts. You see him all the time on Fox News. He is going to be joining us at about 1035 tonight. So about 25 minutes actually from now, uh, he will be joining us here on the Rita Cosby Show to give us his honest assessment of what he thinks should happen now. Um, He's not one of these people who says, hey, let's go in and let's charge and let's do this. But I will be curious right now, given these images and the fact that we know that the Russians are not holding any modicum of warfare. They are breaking every Geneva Convention law. And later on in the show, we're going to talk about bioweapons labs. There are reports of biochemical labs in Ukraine that potentially are U.S. funded. Sound like the Wuhan lab to you? It sure sounds like it to me. And boy, does that up the stakes. And this also comes as definitely we are concerned about Putin being a nuclear power and getting into some of these nuclear plants. He got into the Chernobyl plant. They haven't been able to be able to get any readings from it. It's been offline now for like almost a week. That's scary as heck. So what do we do with what I think is just a madman who is out of control? Do we wait before Kiev is leveled? Which no matter what we give them on the ground, if we give them javelins and we give them stinger missiles and we do all these things, they will still not have air superiority. There's no question. Every military analyst, I talked to about 20 of them today, and every single one of them told me that there is no doubt that the Russians will run all over them if it is military to military. But if we can give the Ukrainians air power, and again, there's a lot of issues with it because then you change that whole no-fly zone and all that stuff. It's an extremely complicated question. But if we don't give it to them, there is a very high likelihood they will be slaughtered. And are we ready for that? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is how a Ukraine analyst described what he is seeing and what he thinks the world should do. You know, right now, there's a lot of pressure being put, both economic, obviously covert, overt military assistance, information operations. But at some point, how bad does the civilian carnage have to be that changes the calculus, really amongst the not only the American public, but the European public as well? How much do we allow, you know, the suffering before more action is taken? And here's a little bit more because he reminded us all, as I said, that Putin does not hold anything back in warfare and he will not hold anything back right now he feels like he's on the losing end uh even though he has military superiority but he's lost there are reports that he has lost you know dozens of potentially planes this again are unconfirmed reports but we know for sure he's lost some planes we know he's lost three commanders three senior military commanders because they're clearly getting them they're going to the higher rung that's bravo to the ukrainian forces But there's still that 40-mile military convoy that is outside of Kiev. And reporters that are in Kiev are hearing bombing tonight. They are hearing bombing in the last 24 hours. And they say it is getting closer and closer. Here's a little bit more of what he has had to say, this Ukrainian expert, about the past with Vladimir Putin and his barbaric style. 
Well, look, you know, this, this is the tactic that he's used in other places as well. Of course, Grozny in the 90s uh, uh, and Aleppo um, uh, in the, during the Syrian civil war. This is kind of the brute tactics that, that the Russians used to try to submit a people. You know, at first we thought that the idea was to kind of put a strangle along Kiev to topple the Zelensky government. I think the tactic has changed. It's more kind of absolutely brute, uh, brute force where we're going to see incredible civilian carnage. And- wow. And by the way, in the middle of all this, think about the guts of President Zelensky of Ukraine, everybody, because he is out there speaking, begging right now, literally begging the world to step in and say, please give me planes. And he is saying, we need to do something immediately before it is too late. And he believes what's happening to that city of Mariupol, where they leveled a hospital with women who are pregnant and kids, they murder them. There are so many bodies that they can't count them right now. They're under the rubble. There's also a mass grave nearby where there's like 46 bodies in a mass grave. You know, and they expect that that is what's to come in the capital city of Kiev. Three million people in Kiev. As I mentioned, Mariupol has like 400,000 and they are squeezing them. Again, no water, no food, no electricity. This guy is taking a total message from Hitler. That's exactly what Hitler did when he came into countries in World War II. He cut off water. He cut off school. He cut off food. He cut off everything to totally demoralize the people and slaughter them as many as he could. And then he moved on to the next area and did the same thing. And President Zelensky is pleading with the world tonight, saying, do not let them get to the capital city. Don't let them do this to any more cities in Ukraine. And they are inching towards Odessa which we're going to talk about later on in the show, because that's one of the locations of one of these bio labs. So what are we going to do? When are we going to stop this madman? Should we just get into the war right now and hopefully do something to end him? Literally end his regime, end what he's doing? Do we try to get people maybe within his military at this point that maybe might turn on him? I'm waiting for somebody to put like a bounty or do something, because boy, would it be great if a fellow Russian did something to him. Because clearly this guy has no morals, no values, no ethics, nothing. Not that I'm surprised, but it is brutal and it is getting ugly. And as he's getting more and more desperate, he is getting more vicious in the attacks. He's clearly telling the Russian military, just go in and level it. Doesn't matter what you do. Go in and level it. And that's what he's doing. He's not doing any discrimination for civilians. He's not doing any. He is targeting. There is no way, if you look at some of the satellite images, particularly of what's going on in Mariupol, you could see like a couple weeks ago, there was a shopping center. There was, you know, there was like a mall. There was a like a high school. It's all to the ground right now. I mean, you know, you could maybe miss one bomb, but you don't miss a couple dozen bombs. And you look and you can see these are ones that are marked as hospitals. They're ones, and that's what exactly what Hitler did. Hitler actually targeted educational institutions. He targeted hospitals. That's why during wartime they stopped putting like the Red Cross. At first they were putting the Red Cross like on the on the you know the roofs on the top because they thought okay well maybe then they won't bomb that building. And guess what? Then they became the prime target. They suddenly realized that this guy. Hitler was a madman, and that's exactly what Putin is doing. He is clearly going after civilian targets, trying to break the will and break the life of the Ukrainian people. Here is General Breedlove, and he is a former NATO Supreme Allied Commander, and this is what he had to say. We have Russians bombing maternity hospitals. 
this war is taking a very brutal turn. And what is it? Or what can we do? What thinking is being done to address how we affect support to these humanitarian relief corridors and all the humanitarian needs that are just starting? Wait till the bombing and indiscriminate shelling into Kiev starts. And that may only be a few days away. Um, Congressman Mike McCall was part of a congressional delegation that went over there to the Polish-Ukraine border, and he just came back, and this is what he had to say. They need surface-to-air missiles because the next wave is going to be coming from the air. And, in fact, that maternity hospital was taken out by the Russian Air Force. These are crimes against humanity. They violate the Geneva Convention, and I would argue Putin is a war criminal. Yeah, I think that there is no doubt that this man is a war criminal and he should be treated as such. What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in Michigan. John, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts about all this? Yes, Rita, I told your call screener before you just said tonight about uh, he needs to be taken out. At this point, we need to send a message to the other evil dictators, and uh, they realize how corrupt our nations become, and this is the green light. And if we don't stop it now, it's just going to spread. And that's the bottom line. We can have all the talks we want in different uh, medias, but if we that's the bottom line. He, otherwise, they'll just merge, and, uh, you know, it's going to be, I don't know, really bad. So we got to, at this point, take them out. Well, you know, it's interesting, John. I was just hearing that China is also trying to figure out how maybe they can bail out Russia, like maybe by buying some of their energy sector to make up for the fact that now we've banned, you know, Russian oil, which, by the way, I think was a good thing that we shouldn't be using any Russian oil. But China may be trying to make up the difference. And then we're talking to Venezuela. We're talking to Iran. Um, but the fact that China is even thinking about helping Russia at a time where it is clear as day that Russia has invaded another country, is committing some of the most brutal atrocities on earth, and they're thinking about bailing them out. John, real quick, what does that say to you about China? Well, they play the long game. And uh, when NAFTA was created by uh, Carter, and then it didn't get through to Clinton, and uh, they said, well, you know, if you want our market, and then they put the squeeze on us, and uh, they still do all of their corruption. And then we talk about it in the media, and it just keeps circling around. And if we don't stop it now, I mean, just look at how serious everything is on the scale. It's, he has to be made an example of to the others. If not, then it's like you said, China's going to back them up. They're all going to come together. And they see how corrupt we are and how they've given things to the people that are in charge now, just an administration behind us. Yeah. And And you know uh, what? Also, John, and also how weak we are, John, you know, I mean, you, you know, I also think that they have seen a weak president. They've seen a weak administration and that has definitely incentivized Putin. No question. I mean, it was so planned that there are reports that he said to China, you know, hey, we're planning on going in. Can you imagine this conversation with, you know, two evildoers? Hey, you know, we're thinking about going in. And China says, well, just wait until after the Olympics. Okay, 
You know, amazing. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show as we are monitoring developments very closely in Ukraine. Still, we are hearing that there is bombing taking place in around Kiev. And reporters that are in the capital say that it appears the sounds are getting closer and closer as we speak. Meantime, the humanitarian crisis is astounding. Over two million people have fled Ukraine just since the war began. Most of them, by the way, going over to Poland. And somebody who had just come back. From the border is Congressman Mike McCall. This is what he had to say about what he witnessed firsthand. The humanitarian uh, crisis is astounding. It's almost nostalgic to World War II uh, as we are on the Poland-Ukrainian border, uh, looking at these little uh, children and women uh, and their husbands and fathers have to stay in country to fight the war. And they may be orphans and, 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 you know, uh, it's just the whole thing was really sad. And they are begging now in Ukraine for more lethal aid. They are saying, please bring it in. They are doing some strides. Um, They have estimated that, this is according to Ukraine, that the total estimate of Russian losses are 56 aircraft and 82 helicopters. That's impressive if indeed that is the case. Um, Also saying that they wiped out four Russian Su-25 aircrafts. That's a big deal. Um, And two others in Kiev just recently. So they seem to be making strides, but imagine if they had even more firepower. Take a listen. Here's a little more of Congressman Mike McCall. But we learned a lot about what we can do to help the Ukrainians defend themselves and fight uh, against the Russians. Uh, We need more lethal aid going in. We're voting on a package today of $3 billion of lethal aid that we can bring in there. I, I visited with the 82nd Airborne. That's basically uh, the pipeline from Poland into Ukraine. Uh, where we're bringing those weapons in. Uh, we're currently bringing stingers. Uh, we're bringing uh, javelins in. That's anti-tank and a lot of mu- munitions. But right now, no planes. And Poland even offered to give them their used big planes so the Russians can fly it right away. But the U.S. is saying, you know what, we don't want to be a party to transferring those planes. And by the way, if I'm Poland, they're a little scared to be the ones who are directly handing over the plane. So can't the U.S. come up with some idea? What, are you going to have Poland go it alone? I mean, this is crazy. one 800 Let's go to Lynn in Bergen County. Go ahead, Lynn. Hi. I'm sitting here listening to you say, should we, should we? And I'm thinking, how can we not? Humanitarian. Killing women, pregnant women in a hospital, killing children. He's killing didn't we learn anything from World War II when they waited too late and they said never again? Between all the NATO countries and America, we can't figure something out. I'm glad you're having Jack McKean on because I love him. Yeah, because I do too. The military that's presently in, in force in our country are nothing but idiots. Yeah, it's, and you know what? And you know what, Lynn? We seem so docile in this entire process. It's like, you know, obviously you want to be careful because the guy is a nut. I'm talking about Putin, and I'm talking about the fact that they are nuclear power, and he's clearly making a lot of threats. But on the other hand, if you don't do anything, what are we going to stand back and let him, you know, slaughter a nation and then maybe continue? I mean, it's crazy. 
and who's next. Right. And if you're a coward, when you're a coward, the bully always comes after you. I do not believe in backing down. Not in this nation. I grew up in America. We don't back down. And we stand up for people. We can figure it out. There's a way, and they can do it. I agree. Get to it before it's too late. Yes, I know. You know what? I feel so so heartbroken. And, Lynn, I feel the same that you do because the clock is ticking. And if you see, they, I mean, Putin's clearly telegraphing, okay, we did it in this city. We're going to continue. We're going to keep going. Lynn, thank you very much for the call. And thank you for your love of this country and your patriotism. It's great. I feel the same way, too. And I feel the same sense that we have a responsibility to do something. First of all, to help Ukraine. But if we don't, you know that he's going to keep on going. And, and what does that mean? What does that mean for NATO countries that are going to suddenly have a Russian-dominated country next door with a whole country that's decimated? That doesn't help us either. It doesn't help the world. There are so many questions. We're going to continue and talk to Jack Keane. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, one of my favorite segments every night because we honor the great men and women in blue who are protecting us in law enforcement. Well, tonight, a great story coming out of Dunwoody, Georgia, where officers there kicked down a door and rescued a man who was trapped inside a smoke-filled home. They went through the garage when they received a call around 4 a.m. on Sunday. They found a woman who apparently locked herself out, went to the door, and found a man apparently trapped inside. Now, several officers pulled the man out. It appeared that he was not conscious at the time. An officer said that they treated the man and tried to help him and then resuscitated, did a number of things, and paramedics ultimately arrived as well as fire and rescue. The man said to be okay and amazingly survived thanks to the great work of the men and women in blue. Well, we are talking about the horrific situation that is happening in Ukraine tonight as more details of some strikes by the Ukrainians against the Russians. Thank goodness we're hearing that they've had some victories in getting some of the Russian planes and other things. But still, they are outmanned and they are outgunned, certainly by hardware, if you look at the might of the Russian military. And now we just got word a couple hours ago that our Pentagon announced that they will not allow the transfer of MiG jets to Ukraine via the U.S. government or NATO. The Poles had basically said, the Polish government said, hey, listen, we have these old Soviet-style MiG jets and we can bring them to you. We'll take them to Ramstein Air Base. You can replenish them with other planes that we can use. And in the meantime, these MiG jets, with you, which the Ukrainians know how to fly, you bring them to them and then they'll have much more air power. They're going to need it because they're closing in on Kiev, the Russians, and the Ukrainians have guts of steel, but they need military might. And sadly, the Pentagon said, we do not want to do that. We do not want to get pulled into the war. Take a listen. This is an exchange with Jen Griffin, Fox News Pentagon correspondent and Admiral John Kirby of the Pentagon. What's the difference in providing javelins and stingers to the Ukrainians versus MiGs or fighter jets? Why is that more provocative from an intelligence perspective? Why is that seen as more provocative? Um, it seems like you're splitting hairs there. No, there's no splitting hairs, Jen. I think uh, we, we take seriously the intelligence community's assessments um, and their views uh, based on the information that uh, 
that they have available to them, um, and it's their assessment, one in which the, the secretary uh, concurs that uh, that the transfer of combat aircraft right now could be mistaken uh, by Mr. Putin and the Russians as an escalatory step. And as I said at the very end of my opening statement, we need to be careful about every decision we make, um, uh, uh, that, that we aren't making the potential for escalation worse. And joining us now to discuss all of this is General Jack Keane, Fox News Senior Strategic Analyst. General Keane, uh, let's get right to it because these images are heartbreaking, um, seeing hospitals leveled. And it's the 18th hospital there that the Russian forces have leveled in Ukraine, also hitting shopping malls. Uh, what do we do? Well, first of all, uh, so our audience understand the Russian military doctrine is is not only to defeat the uh, the enemy's military, but it's also to defeat uh, the people. And so they they use the same weapon systems on the people as they do on the military. And and the intent is to break their will and force the, the country's leaders to capitulate. So that is that is what we're seeing. It is horrific, and they did this in Grozny in, in 2000. They killed over 8,000 uh, non-combatants, innocent women and children, and um, and elderly people. And in Aleppo in Syria in 2015 and 2016, and Idlib province, it was tens of thousands. Uh, entire towns wiped out. They would actually use deep penetration bombs. Uh, to penetrate below the surface to, to uh, destroy underground hospitals that the Syrian people put there, the medical staff, as protection from air attack. So no surprise here that, uh, regrettably, we saw a hospital that's on the surface that, that had been eliminated, along with every all other types of Obviously, civilian residences and commercial activities. This this is their way of war. So, where do you see this going? First of all, because we know that the Ukrainians have had some success against them. They've knocked down, you know, a number of Russian planes. Number knocked out a number of Russian commanders, according to reports. Could Putin get desperate? And is this a sign of his desperation? And is it going to get worse? First of all, Ukrainians are doing a very good job. Uh, they've. Uh, Russia's launched another offensive today to try to take Kiev, and on uh, all indications, uh, they didn't fare too well. The Ukra- Ukra- uh, Ukrainians did very well against it, and they still haven't taken a, a major city. Uh, they don't have air superiority, obviously. We're shooting down—Ukrainians are shooting down their airplanes. It's really quite quite remarkable, and that's why it's so important to get all the resupplies and arms and munitions— that the Ukrainians need, because as this drags out, they need more. And, and that's obviously the case. The, the Russians can, can obviously have considerably more arms and munitions than the Ukrainians would ever hope to have. So that, that is absolutely critical. I, I believe we're, we've got to stand up to Putin here. Uh, we've done a couple of good things, certainly organizing the, uh, the sanction campaign and getting uh, getting most of the EU countries to participate, uh, strengthening uh, NATO, all of those have been good things. But we worry too much about what what Putin's thinking and uh, is he going to get provoked. And this fiasco recently uh, with uh, the Polish 
uh, MiGs that they wanted to send and give to the Ukrainians. And at the last minute, they they got spooked and asked the United States to do it. And then the United States said, no, we're not going to do it. And, and the fear of that is that somehow that's going to escalate and Putin will take some adverse action. We have got to stop thinking like that uh, if we want to have a favorable outcome here. There's not much difference in terms of weapons and what they're doing on a battlefield, whether it's a, a weapon in the air or a weapon on the ground. Uh, stingers, uh, anti-tank weapons, artillery weapons, these are all things that we've given them to, given, the, given them to Putin. And, and we shouldn't be thinking about what is going on in his mind and, and what's going to provoke him. What's right for the Ukrainian military and what's right for the Ukrainian people is, is what should be driving us. I'm not suggesting that the United States is going to commit our own troops to do anything. We've already made that decision. But we've also made a decision, I, I thought I heard the president say loud and clear, that we're going to do everything in our power to help the Ukrainian people defend themselves. Well, you're not doing it when you're not providing fighters that another country is willing to do and, and, and facilitate that so the Ukrainians can use them. So you absolutely believe that they should get the planes. You know, it's interesting, General Jack Keane, our, our friend Jennifer Griffin, of course, uh, the great correspondent there who covers the Pentagon for Fox News, asked that question today of Admiral Kirby. Like, what's the difference between us supplying, you know, javelins and stinger missiles versus a plane? And he kind of, you know, said, well, there's a higher risk. But, you know, it, you're right. Do you believe now is the time to really fully arm the Ukrainian people, because just as you said, the Russians are trying to get the capital city. I mean, just think about what the, I know John Kirby very well. He's a great guy. He's, just, he's echoing what his bosses are thinking. And, and I think it's really what the administration is thinking, frankly, not necessarily the Pentagon. But they're thinking, well, Putin will think that there's a difference between a fighter and uh, a fighter aircraft and an, an anti-tank rank and a Stinger missile, of course there is, but he will lend more weight to it, and therefore that could escalate. Well, that we're worrying far too much about what he's thinking as opposed to what's right for the Ukraine people, and that's what we got to focus on. I mean, we're all watching this every single day, watching the suffering that's taking place here and the innocent loss of life that's taking place here. Let's give these Ukrainian uh, fighters and their people every chance that we possibly can. That, that's, in my judgment, we're at a stage where that's, that's a moral imperative. It is absolutely the right thing to do. And General Jackin, you believe um, supplying those MiG jets via Poland, um, that that actually would be very instrumental from a military standpoint for the Ukrainians? Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I think the Poles got spooked. And that's why they say, oh, we're, we're not going to do it. Uh, we'll give them to the Americans uh, and let them give them to the Ukrainians. And then uh, somebody in the administration, I think it was the uh, press secretary, said, well, we can't have Americans flying uh, MiG fighters into uh, Ukraine. That, there was no plan to do that. The Ukrainians will come and pick them up, just like they're picking up uh, eight uh, anti-tank weapons and, and Stinger missiles at the border, the Polish uh, Ukraine border or the Romanian U Ukraine border that we're doing. I mean, we're seeing demons here where there are none. I mean, Putin is obviously a very bad guy. I'm not suggesting that. But we can't let his thought process drive what our support is for the Ukrainian military. That is just 
we're letting fear take over and paralyze us. That's not right. Do you believe that with the will of the Ukrainian people, the will led by, you know, President Zelensky, who I think has just been extraordinary through all of this, um, that given all the military might of U.S. and NATO, that they have a chance? You know, I, I wouldn't have said that. And I didn't say that at the beginning. I thought that, you know, the Russians are a considerable overmatch for them. And as much as they'll put up a good fight at the end, you know, the Russians will likely collapse them. And, and now I, I think they absolutely have a chance. There's no doubt about it. So we got to be, we got to be all in here, and uh, and just let them inspire us as to what to do. I mean, see what they're doing out there is nothing, nothing short of uh, remarkable to see everyday citizens in Kiev. Uh, I was looking today on Fox how they're building barriers throughout the city. They're not running; they're staying in there building building defenses, and they've been working at it for weeks, uh, for two weeks, excuse me. So, yes, it's, it's, it's about supporting them and keeping that country alive, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And sending a message to Putin and thugs around the world, too, who are watching. Before I let you go, General Jack Keane, how important is it also that there be great protection around President Zelensky? There's been so many of these reports of the Wagner Group, which is, you know, this Russian hit squad sent by Putin out there to try to assassinate him and other key players in Ukraine. It's so important that he stays leading the country. And boy, has he been inspiring. I mean, literally there, oh, yeah. even at one point in his office, doing an address saying, I'm not running, I'm not hiding. Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's the man for the times. He's got the world microphone for sure. I'm, I'm hoping that was just a photo op in his office. I have no problem with him doing that. But I, I think he's having meetings and reading battle reports in a bunker someplace, at least someplace safe underneath the ground. And look at, I mean, we, I know we're having discussions with him at a point in time when he wants to move, if he has to get out of Kiev so he can establish his government, maybe in Lviv and in, in Western Ukraine, uh, which certainly would help him do that if necessary, covertly. Uh, if he needs to, at some point, establish it, if he loses in Ukraine, he needs to establish a government in exile outside of Ukraine uh, in a NATO country, will certainly provide him uh, the means to do that and all the protection that, that he needs. So, but yeah, he he is doing exactly what you would want somebody to do, and and he's certainly inspirational, uh, not just to his own country, but I think he's had a profound impact on uh, countries around the world and their willingness to help the Ukrainian people because of him. Yeah. It has been extraordinary. And I agree with you, General. We need to give them whatever we can to support him and his people at this pivotal point, I think, for history. Uh, The great General Jack Keane, Fox News Senior Strategic Analyst, thank you so much for being on the show, General. Okay. It's always great talking to you, Rita, and your audience. Thank you. Wow. You just heard from General Jack Keane with us saying that we have to stop basically wasting our time worried about Vladimir Putin and start thinking about what is right for the Ukrainian people. In other words, let's get them planes. Let's do what's right. Let's give them a fight, because there is a moment here. You just heard him say that he wasn't so sure at the beginning of all this, but the Ukrainians have definitely risen to the occasion. But are we going to now let them sit back and get slaughtered because the Russians are moving in? Why don't we give them a fighting chance, was the message. Do you agree? one 800 Eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Michael in Nutley, New Jersey. Go ahead, Michael. 
Rita, let's get to the root of the problem. Maybe if President Trump was still president, maybe these 80 million bamboozled Democrat voters would have voted for President Trump. Maybe that Ukrainian family of four would have been dead on a Ukrainian street. Maybe that hospital would have been wouldn't have been bombed. Maybe gas, a gallon of gas wouldn't be 480 in Belleville, New Jersey. See, the root of the problem is, is these Democrat voters and the career politicians that they support, the weak, feckless Democrat career politicians that they support, their vote has put the whole world upside down and in turmoil. Boy, and is the, the word, you know, it's a, you know what's amazing, Michael? You talk about, it certainly is tumultuous. So what do we do in the immediate? Because it doesn't look like the Ukrainians have a long time for deciding right now. What do you think? Well, just like what the general said before, let those Ukrainian pilots pick up the planes. What's the issue? Exactly. You're telling me me the Russians or the Chinese didn't, you know, during the Korean War, during during the Vietnamese War, didn't help our enemies then? I agree. It's time to go tit for tat. And you know what? You know what also, Michael? Find a creative way. Like you're telling me, you know, you think about in other times in history. Find a creative way to make it happen. There are definitely ways. Michael, thanks so much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show as more and more developments are coming in. Uh, We are getting word that Russian aircraft are bombing different villages in Ukraine, uh, destroying several neighborhoods and an infrastructure in a town called the Sumy region. Uh, They're also saying that Russian forces have bombed another area, and they have been continuing to do that in the last 24 hours. This is a new district and a small village, but still in that area there, right around Mariupol and on that coastline. Mariupol, a very pivotal port. Also, word that the U.S. House of Representatives has passed a spending bill with $13.6 billion of it in aid to Ukraine. Um, That is a massive, massive amount Um, And we will keep you posted as we get more details on that. But there are reports that, indeed, that amount essentially has been passed uh, now from the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, members allocating $6.5 billion to the Pentagon for military assistance and another $6.6 billion in humanitarian assistance and economic aid to Ukraine. Uh, But they're saying military assistance. What about the MiG planes? Why not get them planes Imagine if you had those planes, I'm telling you, you know those Ukrainians, they'd go right for that 40-mile convoy. Think what they could do if they had super air power. And right now they have tepid air power. They could have much better if they got the MiGs and Poland's willing to give it. Listen to what Geraldo Rivera said about the importance of getting those planes right now to Ukraine. I think that Admiral Kirby's a great guy. I've known him for a long time. I was uh, in, in uh, Haiti with him in the earthquake, earthquake of uh, 2010. Uh, but for him to go down the list and, uh, about the aircraft and so forth, I want those MiGs delivered by any means necessary. And I don't care if they have the FedEx. Yeah, I don't care either. FedEx, break them down if you have to send them in 30 parts. And somehow they showed up in the back of a, a, a haystack. You know, I don't care what it is. Pretend like it's bread. 
You know what I mean? Pretend like it's like a massive truck of bread, you know, and break it down in little pieces. Get those planes to them and don't wait till they get slaughtered by the Russians as the Russians are closing in on the capital of Kiev tonight in Ukraine. I am so passionate about this and I'm so outraged that we have been so late to the game. And what are we going to say? Oh, gosh, I wish we would have. That doesn't help the Ukrainian people and it doesn't help world security, by the way, either. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side of New York. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, Arena, yeah, the general is 100% right. Uh, I don't think there would be any problem if the Ukrainian pilots went there and stole them, okay, and just hit the freaking convoy right away and just uh, hit them somewhere. I don't know if they got enough fuel to do that, but it's got to be done on a surprise. No notification, no nothing, okay? And they got to keep the – maybe the Polish have to put extra tanks on them for fuel, but they got to do it on a surprise right away. Let them steal them. Make sure they're filled up with fuel. Give them plenty, about a, a thousand of them. Just give it to them now because they're gonna, it's going to get worse and worse. Don't worry about Putin. Selinsky's got the good Lord Jesus Christ on his side. And wh- like Moses, Moses only lifted with his staff, man. And uh, the Red Sea opened up. As, and the reason why Selinsky's winning right now is because God is on his side. And Putin knows that. Putin is shaking his boots, but, uh, but he doesn't want to admit it because God is on Selinsky. Thank you very much, Rita. God bless you, and God bless America. Mike, by the way, I love your passion. And the problem is, too, just as you pointed out, Putin's a crazy guy. He's a desperate man. And what do we wait till he does even more destruction? And I'll do one better. I think as before they like open up on that 40-mile convoy, they say, hey, here's for the first hospital you leveled. Here's for the second hospital you leveled. And then they get to the 18th, and then they give them a little extra on that one. What do you think, Mike? I agree with you 100%, man. Don't worry about Putin. He's, he's, he's a fart and a win. Yeah, listen, I hope so. I mean, to your lips, to God's ears, I pray to God that that is the case. But right now, we the, the sad thing is, Mike, we have a madman. And, and yet, you there's also the point that if you don't stop a madman in his tracks, he will be more emboldened. And that's the problem, that we have to do something. And my fear is, just like you said, we cannot wait. What, are we going to wait till, till you know, till Kiev looks like a, like a pile of dust? We can't wait, right? Mike? Hey, Rita, uh, Jesus Christ is the, the, the chief of uh, a physicist, all right? He's holding this whole universe together. And if he lets go, this whole universe is going to blow apart like in the end. It's going to happen. Well, uh, let's pray maybe somebody in uh, Putin's regime you know, says they'll uh, take history in their hands, you know, because I'm telling you, this is really getting really frightening. And this guy is out of control. When we come back, what do you make of the fact that at first we said, oh, we'll give them the planes. No problem. We'll green light it. And now they're advising against it. Why is our Pentagon so afraid? And I'll tell you maybe why, because there are reports that there could be potentially U.S. funded bio labs in Ukraine. That is really scary, and Putin's forces could be heading to two of them. What do you make of that? We're going to talk about that on the Rita Cosby Show when we come back. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. I'm just a pop smelling 
invasion of Ukraine. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby show as we're just getting word that President Zelensky of Ukraine is begging the world to come to Ukraine's aid immediately, asking that NATO close the skies over Ukraine, saying they must close because Russia is now bombing hospitals. They are bombing universities. They are bombing shopping malls. And they believe that time is of the essence because they are seeing Putin closing in and getting closer to Kiev. Meantime, will America and will NATO send planes? Well, take a listen. This is what Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said on Sunday when he was asked on a Sunday show, will the U.S. government allow for MiG jets to be given to Ukraine. They need it. They need air superiority. Will you give it to them? Take a listen. NATO has said none of its 30 members are willing to set up a no-fly zone. President Biden has been very clear he has no interest in that or combat troops. But what more can the United States do here if, for instance, the Polish government, a NATO member, wants to send fighter jets? Does that get a green light from the U.S. or are you afraid that that will escalate tension? No, that, that, that gets a green light. In fact, we're talking uh, with uh, our Polish friends right now about what we might be able to do to backfill uh, their needs if, in fact, they choose to provide these fighter jets to, to the Ukrainians. Uh, what could we do? How can we help to make sure that uh, they get something to backfill the planes that they're handing over to, to the Ukrainians? We're in very active discussions with them about that. Well, it sure sounded like the green light was given and that things were in the works. And then the Polish government said, well, okay, well, we're going to deliver these MiGs right away. We'll deliver them to Ramstein Air Base. And then you get them to the Ukrainians. Let's make this a team effort. It's NATO. We're part of NATO. Come on. Let's all do this together. And then suddenly today, John Kirby at the Pentagon made this announcement. To send MiG-29 fighter aircraft to Ukraine. And specifically the notion of doing so by way of transfer to U.S. custody. Secretary Austin thanked the minister for Poland's willingness to continue to look for ways to assist Ukraine. But he stressed that we do not support the transfer of additional fighter aircraft to the Ukrainian Air Force at this time and therefore have no desire to see them in our custody either. Wow. So suddenly the Pentagon today basically poo-pooed the idea of a transfer of MiG jets then after repeated questions from Pentagon reporters like, OK, well, wait a minute, we're a little confused. You gave it the green light. State Department basically said it sounded great. Now the polls say, OK, we're going to deliver it to Ramstein. Now you get it from Ramstein basically to the Ukrainians so they can pick it up or figure out whatever's going to happen. And then, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to have anything to do with it. We'll basically let Poland take all the work. But we are afraid to basically be involved in any shape or form. Yet we're going to keep giving them javelins. We're going to keep giving them stinger missiles. So what has happened to the about face, basically, of America? And again, I use this phrase, but where are our cojones? We're basically going to make Poland, which is a neighbor of Ukraine, which is probably the next on Putin's target list. You're going to bring in the big jets. But don't worry, we don't want to have anything to do with it. Putin's watching and saying any weapons 
is basically an act of war. We're already supplying javelins. We're supplying stingers. You know, we're also, Putin also came out last week and said anybody who's sanctioning me is basically a party to war. Well, that's basically now the whole world. You know, so at what point do we draw the line? That was the question from Pentagon reporters today. What are you talking about? You seem to give it the green light and now you have backed off. So here is maybe part of the reason for the backing off. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight because now there are reports that apparently there are bio labs similar to what we think about Wuhan lab. We're going to get to that in a moment because, boy, are there similarities there that may be U.S. funded bio labs in Ukraine. This is a stunning report. And at first it sounded like Russian propaganda. Here is a Kenyan news anchor basically discussing it. Take a listen. Russia has accused the United States of plunging dollars into funding bio labs in Ukraine, all of which were possibly involved in trying to produce biological weapons. So it sounded like, okay, this is Russian propaganda talking about it, and maybe this is some crazy doomsday scenario. Well, now, sadly, it maybe isn't just a scenario. And I never thought that we would be at the place where we would be talking about this. But this is the reality. In the last few days, there have been questions actually coming from members of Congress to different variety of people saying, wait a minute, are we funding biolabs? Remember the whole thing with Dr. Fauci? Were we funding gain-of-function research that was being done in the Wuhan lab that maybe possibly could be tied to what's happening with the coronavirus? You know, all those questions were, he was like, well, it's not really gain-of-function, but yes, there were NIH grants that were going to the Wuhan lab, and he somehow didn't tell us that there were these grants that were taking place, even though he's basically toying with the words gain of function. That's what he keeps arguing with Rand Paul about. But he hasn't denied that there were grants in general that were going to that kind of research, basically, in the Wuhan lab. I mean, it's all these sort of parsing of words and dancing of words. Well, now it turns out there was a public hearing. And take a listen to this exchange. This is with Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio, during a Senate hearing that took place yesterday And here he is asking Victoria Newland. Now, Victoria Newland works for the State Department. She's an undersecretary for Ukraine, someone who has a lot of experience, who's basically one of the point people for the Biden administration on Ukraine. Listen to this blockbuster exchange. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has... uh biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. Wow. So she is saying that the U.S. is aware of bio-research facilities that are in Ukraine. And so here's the follow-up question from Marco Rubio. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100% it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. 
Wow. So in other words, the U.S. has intelligence that Russia looks like they could potentially be trying to get to the bio research labs that are in Ukraine. And fast forward, there are now reports that a number of U.S. senators several years ago went to the opening of that bio research lab. There's a couple of them. And apparently there's one in Odessa and there's one in Kiev. And what a coincidence that now the Russians are trying to zoom in on the capital city of Kiev and also Odessa. Obviously, we know from the history and just what we have seen in the last few days that the Russians, remember, went to Chernobyl. And now it's offline. They don't know what's going on. They're very concerned. At first, remember when there were reports that the Russians took over that plant and they were the, they were really concerned. And then they said, well, look, no radiation has leaked. That's thank goodness. But now in the last few days, apparently, they've been getting no readings coming from them, which is actually concerning to them that they're not hearing anything. That's actually a really scary proposition. So they would like to be able to know that the readings are zero as opposed to no readings. So they're wondering what's going on with that. Then they're looking at another plant. And now there's word coming from the expert of Ukraine for basically the U.S. government who says, we know that there are bio-research labs there. And there are reports that they may be U.S.-funded bio-research labs that were investigating things like the plague, investigating things like some of these biochemical warfare. How crazy is that and how scary is that if indeed there are deadly pathogens at these labs that she confirmed they are doing bio-research and now reports that the U.S. may have had something to do with that. And regardless, there are these labs there and apparently you've got Russian forces that may take over the country. Boy, is this a scary, scary proposition. And could that explain why maybe now the U.S. does not want to do anything to provoke Vladimir Putin? But if that should also send a message, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, is that the reason to back off? Or is that the reason to hurry up and make sure that the Russians do not get to those locations? I contend you got to make sure they don't get to those locations because this guy is nuts. He is clearly out to just slaughter the Ukrainian people. And don't you think that if Russia could get their hands on something like bioweaponry or bioresearch technology, that they're not going to get it, that they're not going to try to take it and use it somehow? They use chemical weapons on Aleppo, on the Syrian people. They killed tens of thousands of Syrians by using chemical warfare. Think about that. And now they are closing in on two bioweapons research development locations. How scary is that? So are we going to wait? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chuck in Warwick, New York. Go ahead, Chuck. Your thoughts about this? Hi, Rita. Great show as always. Hey, these senators that went to visit these chemical sites where they're you know, building all these bioweapons, who are they? Do we have a list of their names? Well, I know we've seen reports that Dick Luger was one of them. Senator Dick Luger um, actually talked about it. Apparently, there are reports and there are incredible news organizations where they say that Dick Luger went to the opening of this lab. It was really, really great. So clearly, the U.S. was aware of the labs when they opened. And there are reports that they may be U.S. funded or partially U.S. funded. Clearly, the U.S. knows where they are. 
They, even Victoria Nuland just said that to Congress a few days ago. So, I, I mean, this is really scary stuff. Extremely, extremely. Just after going through COVID, you're, you have this that's popping up. And this all comes down to the White House. We, we got a bonehead in there who doesn't know what day it is. I mean, it, it's a disgrace to what's happening. We're a day late, dollar short. With help. We should have been helping Ukraine months ago. Absolutely. I mean, and by the way, Chuck, now that we know that there's the existence of these bio labs, um, the question, I guess, is obvious now as to why didn't we even get even more proactive? I mean, why wouldn't we do whatever we could to make sure that they no longer exist? Because Victoria Newland in the last 24 hours came out and said, this is again the undersecretary of Ukraine at the State Department for Biden, basically said, yes, we are concerned. I mean, to me, that that is really frightening. I mean, it's not like she's saying they're not active anymore. I wish that was the the next sentence, you know, that they don't work anymore. There's no issues anymore. She said, no, we want to make sure that they don't get into Russia's hands. So knowing this, don't you think we would have been even more proactive, not only at these research facilities, but just basically to defend the country, knowing what's there? Exactly. The whole the whole country through. There is so much there that we should have dealt with. Between Odessa and Kiev, you have both of these bio labs. This should have been handled so differently. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace to the country. Well, and it may country. be catastrophic. I mean, you know, it's interesting. Like, you know, you hear the Red Cross coming out and they're just talking about on the humanitarian side, Chuck. They have come out and called what they are seeing apocalyptic. That's just the damage that they are seeing in Ukraine, and that's not even talking about the bio labs. I mean, that is a frightening proposition when you have a madman like Putin, and you think a guy who's not, you know, who's trying to round up his troops and take over Chernobyl and then go over to another plant and they're slaughtering, you know, you know, leveling hospitals, maternity hospitals with mothers and babies. Like he's trying to get, like every day it seems like he's trying to like one-up it. This is This is the kind of guy who if he gets into a bio lab, this seems like somebody who, and you even heard from Victoria Newland. she's often quite measured, and that's why it's scary. She is very clear that she is concerned that he may get access to these bio-research, you know, these uh, Petri dishes with who knows what's in them. That's a scary proposition, right, Chuck? No, totally, totally. I mean, he has his family out in Siberia, okay? Let's put a nuke out in Siberia. Then Moscow, all those beautiful towers, I hate to say it, but... Yeah, this is scary stuff. And listen, you know, I'm not one of those people who says, you know, hey, hey, do that. But I do think we have to figure out a way to make sure that they never get access to whatever is in these bio research labs. And we also can't have them slaughter and encircle Kiev. And it looks like we may sadly be only days away from the encircling of Kiev. And that's a really scary proposition. Chuck, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What is your reaction to now this new news that, first of all, we've got Putin who is leveling hospitals with women and kids we're hemming and hawing one day saying we're going to send, oh, it's okay to send the MiGs. Now we're not really sure if we want to send the MiGs. Now we don't think we should send the MiGs. And now we're hearing that there are bio-research facilities with who knows what's inside. What are we going to do? one 800 This is the Rita Cosby Show. 
Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And this is the Rita Cosby Show. Again, in the last few minutes, the U.S. House of Representatives has passed a spending bill, which includes more than $13 billion of aid for Ukraine. Uh, It is military assistance. Again, right now, javelins and stinger missiles primarily, along with also humanitarian assistance. By the way, some of the numbers from the humanitarian side that we're getting in, uh, more than one million children have fled Ukraine since the start of Russia's all-out war. Think about that, one million children. Also, uh, the head of UNICEF saying that at least 37 children have been killed, 50 injured in less than two weeks. And again, while over one million have had to flee the country And many believe that number is expected to get much, much bigger. Meantime, we are talking about these reports of bio labs that are taking place. These are bio research labs that Victoria Nuland, who's the undersecretary of Ukraine for the U.S. State Department, that she confirmed in a Senate hearing this week, yesterday. And now many people are concerned because they are in Odessa. They're in Kiev. At least we know of those two alone. Are there more? And what's in them? And boy, do we need to get to them before Vladimir Putin does. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of Dan Bongino talking about it on Fox. There's a potential bio-research facility, as Victoria Nuland called it, that they're concerned about um, in Ukraine that's dealing with BSL-3 pathogens. That sounds like, um, you know, kind of a big deal to me. Um, that's the obvious story. Who's got a hold of these? Are they destroying these uh, these samples right now? Apparently, they have a what's called, I learned this word today, a depositarium, where they have a pathogen collection there. Well, what's in the collection? I, I promise you it's not, you know, samples of Lysol. It's probably pathogens. Uh, you know, again, an area of obvious concern. And especially when you are dealing with a madman like Putin, who has now leveled with Russian strikes, 18 hospitals. And you look at the images of Mariupol, which is a satellite that's that city, where that hospital is, 17 people alone killed, and they're pulling up bodies out of the rubble. If you look at it, it is leveled. And you look at the satellite images of that city, like two weeks ago, huge shopping mall, big university. You see it from the sky. You see the pictures now? It is all rubble. They have leveled a shopping mall. They have leveled a university. And now they have slaughtered innocent women and children. What do we do? And now... We were getting word that there's a bio-research lab that we're aware of because Senator Luger and some others went there for the opening of one of the bio-labs. So the U.S. government is well aware that they're there. So are we going to let a madman get access to a bio-lab? Even Victoria Nuland said she is concerned. She's not saying, oh, there's no reason they're closed down. There's nothing in there. No, she said, we do not want a madman. Basically, we do not want Putin to get a handle on this. So what's there and what should we do? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Marty in Queens, New York. Go ahead, Marty. Hey, how you doing, Rita? Good. What do you think we should do, Marty? I think we're doing what we're doing already. If that lady testified today before the Senate, then the White House knew about it for the last week. Uh, You know, what's up is up and what's down is down. You know, there's a lot of contradictions throughout the day. Every day you hear something differently new. You know, just just what that woman says, and then we had senators going there, tells the whole story. That's why nobody's going in there. That's why they changed doing the, the flights over. 
they want that place blown up because they don't want the evidence getting out there. What the doing. problem is, you know, the, well, the problem is if Putin knows about it, too, which I'm sure he does, if he does, then he's going to get to it before we do. It's not like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if they level it. You don't want whatever the pathogen is to get out there, and you certainly don't want Russian troops on the ground to get access to them. Uh, Either way, it is a really, really scary proposition, Marty. And boy, have the stakes raised in the last 24 hours or so. When we come back, everybody, one of my favorite segments where we honor our great men and women in the military, support our troops after the break, and more of your calls. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, of course, we are thinking of our great men and women that are now in NATO countries protecting their borders with this devastating attack and continued war of Russia on Ukraine and our thoughts And prayers are with them and their families tonight as they are helping many of them defend those countries and helping in the humanitarian efforts as well. Also, a beautiful story that I want to share out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Sergeant Carl Festigi from that area was awarded a Purple Heart this week after a decade in waiting. He served in aviation and in August 2011, He suffered injuries in Iraq. He had air raid sirens, hearing them come in, and he and everyone else ran for cover. And on the way in, the rockets actually exploded a section of the building that he was in, and he had debris come all over him and hit him directly in the head. He suffered some serious injuries. And over a decade later, he was finally presented with a Purple Heart, honoring those who are wounded or killed while serving in the military. The Purple Heart is something that our nation has done since George Washington gave out a Purple Heart in the 1782 time period, said Senator James Langford. So he said it is very, very significant to our nation and deservedly so to give to this great veteran. Bravo to him and obviously all our great men and women in military uniform and those who have served in the past. And, you know, tonight, boy, the stakes could not be higher as we're talking about war and the battle that is going on and the soul of Ukraine. They are fighting with everything they have. And we are now getting reports that the stakes couldn't be higher, too, not just for Ukraine. And I just think for the world when you hear this, because you've got a madman named Vladimir Putin who is directing you, you know, Russian troops to go in and level basically Ukraine. And that's what's happening. Ukraine is being leveled in different cities. They are attacking hospitals. They're attacking universities. At least the bombs are flying on them. Either they have the worst bombs in the world or, indeed, he is saying, hey, go in and try to break the will of the Ukrainian people. And he is slaughtering them. I mean, they are just getting surrounded in small of these different cities, and they are inching their way toward the capital city of Kiev. Meantime, in the last 24 hours, a blockbuster and stunning hearing that took place on Capitol Hill. Take a listen. This is Victoria Nuland. Again, she is the Undersecretary of Ukraine, talking with Marco Rubio, Senator of Florida, of course. And listen to what he asked her about bio-research labs in Ukraine that may exist today. Take a listen. 
Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. Wow. You just heard it. The head basically of Ukraine at the State Department saying biological research facilities exist in Ukraine and they are worried that Russian troops may get control of what these labs have. Boy, does that sound like scary stuff. And don't you think if Vladimir Putin had access to some of this stuff, he would do whatever he can. He's used chemical weapons in the past when he was in Syria. And let's pray to God he never gets anywhere close to any of these labs or anything else in Ukraine or elsewhere. Boy, is it scary stuff. So who do we send in to do this job? Well, it's Kamala Harris. Unbelievable. Kamala Harris, who is the border czar. Remember, that was one of her titles. You know, so much for the border, right? Now Kamala Harris is in Poland as we speak. She just landed a few hours ago. She is there dealing about the MiG jets because the Poles want to give these old Russian jets over to Ukraine. They want the U.S. and NATO to help facilitate it so they're not going at it alone, clearly. And the U.S. has said, well, we don't want to really touch it. We don't mind if you bring it over the border, but we don't want to touch it. Like, we don't want our fingerprints on it kind of thing. Um, So she's negotiating that. Talk about high-stakes policy. And then also, you know, these issues of these biolabs at some point are going to come up in the conversation. Do you really want Kamala Harris to be dealing with some of the most serious, deadly stuff in the world? My goodness. Talk about the stakes. I mean, that's hard for any seasoned diplomat. And you really want Kamala Harris? This is how she described the conflict not too long ago on a radio show. Take a listen. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Wow. That's who is going to be doing the negotiating for the U.S. right now over whether to get those MiG jets somehow creatively over to Ukraine so they can use it and basically stop the Russian convoy and stop them in their tracks. And that's who's going to maybe protect the world from Putin getting these bioweapons, these bioresearch facility pathogens. I mean, this is really scary stuff. And we've got Kamala Harris who's explaining the war like a two-year-old. I mean, this is really frightening. Let's play that again of Kamala Harris describing again how she describes the war. I am now 20 times more concerned. I want to hear it again. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Wow. Is there anybody out there that thinks that Kamala Harris can rise to the occasion? Well, Geraldo Rivera was on Fox News and he said, I'm hoping that she can take a listen. I think it'd be so symbolically powerful 
for the vice president of the United States to go into the beleaguered country, visit with those refugees and see the mamas and see the babies. And, uh, you know, what do you need? What can we America do? Uh, poor thing. I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll get these bastards. I want her to step up to this historic moment and not be the border czar and the other ridiculous job. Okay. Will she be able to step up? Boy, am I concerned. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, I also, as you guys know, I love getting your Twitter and reading your comments that way on the air. You can send me some tweets to at Rita Cosby, and I will be reading your thoughts there on the air as well as the calls that I always love getting from you. But I also love to hear from you on social media as well at Rita Cosby, and we'll be reading your comments about some of this on the air, too, as well. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Charles in the Bronx. Go ahead, Charles. Your thoughts about this. Okay. Uh, Number one, you and all the other conservative talk show hosts should label Putin as a baby killer. Number two, the uh, MiG jets, uh, you know, the Ukrainians are supposed to be on the way to Poland to pick them up. What happened to that? Yeah, well, two things. One, first of all, I agree with you. He is a baby killer, and you're right. That's the nicest thing I can say about him. I mean, uh, this guy is insane, and I think he's a madman, and he's, you know, he's a he's a he's a a, a, a woman killer and a baby killer, and it seems like he doesn't care who he kills. Um, And regards to the plane also, Dan, uh, what happened, Charles, with the planes is that Poland originally said, yeah, we'll give the planes. And then he said, "Okay, NATO, help us bring it in, because Poland, quite frankly, I surmise, doesn't want to go it alone. Because guess what? If you know the history, as I'm sure you do, um, Poland has been in the crosshairs of Russia forever. They're right next door to Ukraine. Lviv is about an hour's drive. That city that you see all the time with the reporters all over, I've been to Lviv. It's about an hour away from the Russian border. It's not, I mean, from the Polish border, it's not that far away. So they're worried that if they go directly and say, hey, here's the planes, they want to at least have NATO, have the backing of NATO and have it be a team effort, if you will. So Poland's, you know, not going to be the only country in the crosshairs of Vladimir Putin as if You know, Putin doesn't have greater plans. I think he clearly does. I don't think he'll stop at Ukraine. And I think the Poles and many others agree with that, too, which is why they really want to arm Ukraine and make sure that they're fully prepared. But right now, suddenly the U.S. said, oh, no, 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 no. When they heard that they have to touch it or they have to do something with it, oh, we don't want it. So that's why this is so pivotal right now. What is Kamala Harris going to be able to negotiate? Is she going to be able to figure out a way that they can, like, put the parts of the plane maybe over the border and different different shipments and somehow they end up with these planes? Or will the U.S. help somehow? Um, because Poland doesn't want to do it alone. They're afraid that then they're going to be in the ire of Putin. And they're seeing right now that NATO hasn't really done very much to help Ukraine, as we're hearing from President Zelensky tonight. So you think that Poland, even though they're a NATO country, it is different, but they're a little worried about going it alone. So there are so many issues here, and boy, is it getting complex, and boy, the stakes couldn't be higher. And again, do we want to be sending in Kamala Harris as the great negotiator? Does anybody think she's going to be able to turn this around? Boy, is that going to be tough. Let's go to Howard in Babylon, New York. Go ahead, Howard. Your thoughts about all of this. Hi, Rita. 
Um, I was thinking that, first of all, a couple of handfuls of jet planes are not going to stop 2,000 Russian ones. Well, they have planes. By the way, Howard, they do have planes, and they have shot down and taken down, uh, probably with anti-aircraft missiles and others, um, Russian planes. They've actually taken down – they've actually had a decent – you know, track record, the Ukrainians so far. But but just to your point, they really are, you know, uh, outgunned by the Russian military. So that that is a powerful point. But what do you think we should do, Howard? What do we do? We sit back now that we also know about these bio research labs. Do we sit back because there are reports that the Russians are going to be surrounding Kiev in a few days? What do we do, Howard? If the Chinese could come up with COVID-19, um, I think the Russians are capable of bio-warfare on their own. Well, but what they could gain from taking bio-weapons labs in Ukraine, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, but I don't want to find out. And I certainly don't want to do anything that helps them in their crazy, uh, crazy plans. Uh, that's the really scary, scary stuff. Let's go to Dan in Ohio. Dan, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts, Dan? Rita, you're one of the best. You know that? Oh, thank you. Well, all of you guys are because I learned so much from all of you and value your opinions, especially, boy, at a time where, you know, this is really serious stuff and big stuff, Dan. What do you think should happen? Absolutely. You know, uh, Jimmy Carter sold uh, the Panama Canal to China. Now, how are you, how are you going to defend the second largest European country, Ukraine, when China brings down one million shock troopers into Ukraine to help Russia, Russia and uh, and China they want the grain. They're not interested in the labs, and Russia's not want to. They're not going to want to feed Poland and and uh, these other countries that can't feed themselves. It's going to be a trifecta. You know what China you bring up. You know, power. Dan, you bring up a great point oh. about you bring up a great point on two things. One is the wheat, because you're right, um, they do have a lot of food and they're sort of considered the bread basket or the wheat basket of Europe. But China, you're right, is a whole other equation. Do you believe that if, say, the planes, say U.S. supplies the planes or Poland somehow via U.S. or however it gets worked out, and I hope somehow that the Ukrainians get the help they need, um, do you believe China's going to step in, Dan? What do you think? I think we can put a thousand MIGs in the air over Ukraine and it won't do a hill of beans because there's a tremendous trifecta there. Yeah, no, that's a powerful point. Russia's got the natural resources. Ukraine's got the food and Russia's got the industrial complex. They don't need anybody else. They'll be self-sufficient. Yeah, boy. You know what, though, Dan, what a scary premise. And then, you know, what you're talking about is basically, you know, having Ukraine at Russia's mercy and China's mercy, too. And and you bring up a great point that there are a lot of players in this mix. Um, by the way, I want to read some comments, too. A comment from Sal, who sends in a tweet um, saying that we have to act now. I think it's time to step in, talking about the maternity hospitals, and it's time to give the Ukrainians aircraft and set up no-fly zones. Obviously, just heard from Dan, who feels differently about that. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. But let's take another call real quick, actually, first, while we're here. Let's go to Alina 
Uh, actually, Elena in Teaneck, New Jersey. Go ahead, Elena. Good evening. Good evening, Elena, my friend. How are you? What do you think we should do? Very well, thank you. What do I think we should do? We should seriously consider defending Ukraine's independence. We didn't do that in 3233 when Stalin uh, set the great hunger. Ten million people died. We didn't do this after World War II when the line of demarcation was drawn and Ukraine was given to Russia. And America participated in that gift giving. Yeah, what, uh, so what do you think we should do now? What do you suggest we do, Elena? We should seriously sit at the table with the NATO alliance and decide what, how we're going to protect Ukraine. Yeah, and by the way, by the way, I also think we should try to be doing more to pressure a resolution, too. Let's figure out how we can either either jumpstart everything. Um, And, Elena, thanks for the call. You're wonderful. I always love your calls. Um, You know, jumpstart things um, to either get those planes ASAP and figure out a way to obliterate Putin and his war machine so he never, you know, attacks Ukraine or anywhere else again, um, or we Force a solution somehow that gives him maybe a little bit of face saving to the Russian people, but doesn't give up anything incremental or that's, you know, dire for the Ukrainian people. So it ends it. You know, there has to be something. But sitting back and watching the Ukrainian people get slaughtered, to me, is heartbreaking and it's not leading anywhere. And and ultimately, you know, we have to figure out a way to to wrap this up either in a way that we get them to the bargaining table or that NATO's might is felt very quickly against Russia. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I'm going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And again, Kamala Harris, our vice president, is there now in Poland trying to negotiate and talk with them about humanitarian efforts as two million people have fled Ukraine. More than a million have entered into Poland. Just think about that. What an unbelievable amount of people just in the last, what, about two weeks or so. Incredible. Uh, Additionally, also to talk about getting somehow those MiGs from Poland into Ukraine. Plus, also, in the middle of all this, so far, U.S. has said, no, we don't want to have anything to do with the MiGs. Poland can do it if they want to do it on their own, but we will not help Ukraine with the MiGs. We also will not give them a no-fly zone. Meantime, President Zelensky of Ukraine is pleading to close the skies and asking that the world help Ukraine. Here's some comments coming in to us from an interview that President Zelensky did just a little bit ago with Sky News. Take a listen. We can't stop alone all this. No, it's it's, it's, it's only if uh, the world will unite around Ukraine. Around uniting around Ukraine. They are not. They are still. It's still very slowly. It's still very slowly, but you can feel it only when you are here because the people from Europe or USA, it's, it's far from Ukraine. It's far from the heart of this tragedy, and, and you, you, can't see, you, you, you can't understand the details because you are not fighting here. Yeah, you do not understand what it's like to have your country surrounded and now your capital 
close to being surrounded, with bombings continuing there in the last 24, 48 hours right outside the city of Kiev. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, your thoughts about what's been going on. Uh, go ahead. Let me get quick because I know you're running on time here. There is one out that no one has thought of. I thought about it. I don't know why I didn't think it before. There is one state in Europe that is neutral. Yep. It's the, now listen, it's the Vatican State. The Holy Seed has thousands of acres of land. Let Poland ship the planes to these lands. Let the Pope come up, stand up as a Catholic leader of and say, bring the, there's thousands of acres of land they own. Bring the planes to the Vatican lands they have. Fly in the uh, Ukrainian soldiers and use that to take off from there. It's not Italy. It's the Vatican State. They are neutral. The Russian church would go crazy if Putin attacked the Vatican state. It's, this is the only answer. Religion, I have to say. The Vatican, the Pope, has to come forward and say, bring these planes to ours. They have thousands of acres. They have billions. Use their lands. Put the Poland. Bring the planes to Poland. Then fly out the Ukrainian soldiers to Italy. Let them get there and fly from there. No way in hell will he attack the Vatican State, because the Russian church is as important to Vatican as it is to Rome. Putin would have a difficult time with his own people. So that's the possibility. It's the only one I can think of. It's an independent state. It has thousands of acres of land. Let Poland bring the planes there. They can do it. They don't need the United States there. But the Pope must come forward and say, there is. this is the time. This is God is telling me to do this. I'm not a religious, but he will say, bring them here, fly them, let the Ukrainians get out and fly. In boat, uh, hey, uh, Stan, what? I'm going to say something I rarely say to you. I think you have a good idea. Uh, yeah, but here's the point. Here's the point, sweetie. The Pope. Sweetie, it's not part Stan. Of it's the best. They've got thousands of acres. They have the logistics is this. They'd have to fly the planes from Poland to these acres of land. But the Vatican has to come up and say they have to do it. Now, I don't know if the Pope will do this. He would show tremendous uh, uh, courage and guts. Wow. By the way, and Stan, you know what? Despite you calling me sweetie, which, by the way, I know you mean it in an endearing way, so I'll take it. Um, But you know what's interesting, Stan? The Pope, by the way, Pope Francis, very much has tried to bring the Middle East together. There was a time where he was trying to bring the, the Palestinians and the Israelis together. So he has played a role in sort of brokering, trying to broker peace. It didn't work that time. And he's also, you know, voiced displeasure. You actually, stand, and I rarely say this to you, my friend, you may have a brilliant solution. You may have a great, great idea. Everybody, let's pray for peace. Boy, Stan hit it for once. I always argue with him, but I like it. We're going to talk more about it tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.